0: the shaken and disturbed everyone i am darren carpe i almost said john thrasher because i was just laughing I'm john, uh, thrasher. john and i just managed to make each other laugh e- laugh even yeah. in the most like dire circumstances <laughs> so i gotta say it's uh how you doing johnny boy
1: i'm doing great i just want to start start the show with darren i love doing this show with you so much and i have never let me put it this way i've never been happier uh, than the decision to ma- I've made to work with you. You know what I've I mean? I've never been
0: happier with yeah. my decision to work with you. Oh good. And any other and any this is the best decision I've ever made deciding to I work
1: think it with might you. actually be honestly in a lot of yeah. different ways.
0: You know, it's just and it, listen guys, you think that we're talking about an inside joke which maybe we are and so You'll never it know. might it might fall on, on deaf ears <laughs> here but like I just John and I were just talking about someone who just Wrote us a nasty email one time and ended it just so horribly, to be honest with you. And like yeah. now that we're far removed from it, John and I can laugh about it. But at the time, it wasn't laughable or it didn't feel well, laughable. It felt like shockingly laughable, where we were like, whoa, I've never been written an email like, like that before. To like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like even in a personal relationship. And then John and I just re brought it up again before we were recording. And like I reread the email and we were actually laughing about it. And I got to say, like, I was just having a conversation with someone about true crime and kind of being able to, like, take control of the narrative. You know, I think that we've often talked about why true crime is so popular, et cetera, et cetera. And and not that this is the same thing by any stretch. It wasn't like a crime was committed against us or our rights were violated. So I just want to say that. Nothing that Mm. we're talking about is is anything, you know, that comes close to being a true crime. But part of me was just like, there's so much power in being able to, like, Laugh, like the best revenge is living well. do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And like there's there's just so much power in that in so many ways. and this is just like true to form. like just there's just so much power in living well,
1: well, you know, I don't know, Darren. I just I'm just loving like doing the show with you. I'm loving our partnership over the years and all jokes aside i mean yes we are being a little bit vague here and sorry about that it's just what we were talking about before we hit record frankly but um yeah i agree you know living well is important respect is really important that's one thing i think you and i really uh click into and just love about each other and on we go you know what i mean On we go, and we Um, couldn't have done it without the listeners of this show. Like, you guys are keeping us afloat, we love doing this every week, and we love that with your support, Darren and I get to do this fun show every single week. So, thank you,
0: yes. And paying attention to our Facebook group has been, I honestly (laughs) thought you were going to start that being like, and we couldn't have done it without the support of alcohol. Alcohol. I don't know why,
1: (laughs) without the support of. Being drunk, yes.
0: Of booze. Yeah. What are you drinking today? Okay.
1: So I have an announcement about what I'm drinking moving forward.
0: (laughs) Here we go. I don't like when you have announcements. Well, it's
1: not really an announcement, but it's like, okay. I'm trying. Okay. So basically I'm going to, I've started counting my calories because I think what I am seriously or just joking? No, I am. No, I am seriously counting them because in quarantine and frankly the work I'm doing in my full-time gig I'm just sitting at my desk a lot. You know, I'm listening to cuts and doing edits and recordings and all types of things. But and I realize I'm like, okay, John, like you're playing tennis very actively, including after today's recording. But like, you know, I'm not really like losing weight. So then I was like, oh, it must be what I'm eating. Right. Because and I'll be honest, I order out often because I'm lazy. I don't like to cook. I don't like to spend my evenings preparing, cooking and cleaning up. Who does? Mm hmm. And then I kind of realized that, like, i It's also hard to do
0: it for one person. Sorry. Well, definitely. No, 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 no. That's true. Before Nate and I moved in together, like, I cook for her almost every night, but, like, it's really hard just. It's hard to be motivated, let alone, like, want to do it, but yeah. Well,
1: yeah, and that, and plus, when I'm busy in the evenings playing tennis or being active or doing whatever I'm doing, I don't want to then come home and, like, slave over the stove all night so but what I realized is that by doing that I don't know my calorie intake and then I started Mm. tracking a lot of the calories that I could track and just those it was like so many calories like it's crazy how many calories are in some of the foods that even are labeled like quote-unquote healthy so I'm just having I've eliminated alcohol for now good for you just for now, you know, and thank you to the listeners, by the way, who have cheered Darren on as, you know, Darren, you've you've done some, like, you know, dry months or you've done some, like, Diet Cokes from time to time. People really connected with that, which I appreciated a lot. And I hadn't really thought that, like, not everybody listening wants to get drunk with us every single week on the show. Yeah. Um, so anyway, today I'm just having a regular cup of coffee with a touch of fat-free creamer.
0: Aha. Uh-huh.
1: And... I will say this. I'm really proud of myself. We're recording this about midway through the week, and I have come come in under my calorie budget every single day, okay? M- 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 so tough. I'm going to be looking really cute. I'm going to lo- get slimmed down like I normally would be, and hopefully i have like a before and after pick one day.
0: Are you... um A, do you have a certain timeline? B, do yeah. you like track it with an app? Or are you yes. using like... Okay, yes. cool. Because one of my question. friends... One of my friends, excuse me, does Weight Watchers. Yeah. And uh, okay. I co host a radio show with her. She talks about this openly, so I'm not saying What's her it business. called? Like, ta- give a plug. Uh, it's called The Taylor Strecker Show.
1: Oh, The Taylor. Okay, cool. Yeah, The
0: Taylor Strecker Show. And, you know, and she always, mm-hmm. we, we always plug shake and a disturb. But anyway, she's, ta- she's getting married and she talks about her weight journey. And I know that she went on Weight Watch. She does something now which seems a little bit more serious called like medi diet or something like that i'm not quite sure but anyway when she went on weight watchers essentially she was like listen you can have three pieces of chocolate cake but that (laughs) might be your entire caloric intake (laughs) for the day so she's like so it's just interesting of how of like the science kind of behind it but she's a big drinker and she was just like Mm -hmm. you have no idea how many calories are in like a glass of wine
1: you know know, and and like like, you don't think
0: about drinking your calories sorry you just don't think about that
1: no, I'm sorry I was interrupting you. I think the reason for that is because they don't put like a normal nutritional label on the back of a wine bottle right? or any liquor. Like I can't even think of any liquor that has that. So great example and good luck to Taylor as she tries to, you know, be, be make a healthier lifestyle for herself. But quickly to answer your question, I use the app. It's called Lose It. And this is not an ad or a promotion like Darren just asked me, so I'm mentioning it. I've used it for a long time. I go through phases of calorie tracking, to be honest. Like sometimes I just get too overwhelmed or busy and I don't do it. But I'm really focused this time around and it's a really great app. And I think you can pay more to like track every little thing like your um, like the sugar and the protein and all that type of stuff.
0: Oh, got it. All right. Well, okay. Well, I am actually uh, taking a break myself just because it's a little bit early and I have to record after this uh, for something. So I'm having a water and a Diet Coke.
1: There you go. See, we're being, um, it's a dry episode. Maybe that's what we need to call it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? As you guys know, Darren and I are huge proponents of mental health resources. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. There are tons of them. Visit betterhelp.com shaken, that's better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So special offer for Shaken and Disturbed listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash shaken. Well, Todd Colep was born in Florida in March On March 7th, 1971, his parents, William and Regina Samsell, were divorced by the time Todd was two years old, and Todd moved with his mother to South Carolina. Now, my parents were never married, actually, but they separated by the time I was three, and I think I've told you this story, but... I have very vivid memories of like their apartment that freak them out all the time because I'm like whatever happened to that giant television and they're like how would you know that you were literally months old
0: yeah you talked about that before I thought that was why so your parents aren't divorced because they never got married
1: they never got married right but they're very friendly like you know they were together for a long time but they just never got married they had me and then I guess I was just too much for them frankly well
0: that's that (laughs) that makes all of us sweetie that
1: makes sense right yes well from a very Early age, Todd began to show signs of violence. He cloroxed a goldfish bowl when he wasn't allowed to have a pet gerbil. Okay, very disturbing.
0: That is Sh- horrible.
1: This is gonna he- listen. Our episode name is or our uh, show name is really living up to its name today. Shot a dog with a BB gun.
0: Ugh.
1: Are you okay? God. And was ejected from the Boy Scouts for being disruptive.
0: I just. It's animals and children, man. I just, like can't. I know. I just, it's very hard.
1: Well, a neighbor reported that Todd once locked her son in a dog kennel and then rolled him over until her son began to cry, laughing the entire time. So well, this, this guy, is a little weird behavior. Have you ever seen the Bad Seed? One of the that really old movie about that little girl, or I think it's a little girl. I don't think so. Oh my god, it's like a black and white movie. It might even be like a Hitchcock movie. I'll look it up in a second. But this is giving me Bad Seed vibes. Like well, uh, you have an uh, evil child.
0: And let me just say, like there are distinct times in my memory, and I'm talking about being seven, eight, nine, ten, of like making my best yeah. friend Caroline, and she'll talk about it now, like cry. Mm-hmm. And kids I think can be cruel because you yeah. don't really know what cruel like you're you just learning know. what yeah, like, yeah. you're you're learning the tone of the room if you will when you're yeah. that age and so kids can be kind of cruel and mean but like locking your someone up in a dog kennel and like and someone's crying is a different type of depravity because like I think that you can make someone cry or like tease them and then you feel really horrible about it whether or not you understand right. what you did which is what I did I've carried with well, with me for like 30 fucking years but like Aww. and this was nothing this was like no you can't come over at 5 o'clock like this was not like <laughs> I hit her this was like no you yeah, can't play yeah. with my stupid toy and this is, I mean, this is kind of a, a red flag.
1: I yeah, but think. also, like, to your point you just made, that's a great point. Take a drink if you want, if you have one. Um, he cloroxed a goldfish bowl. Like, he knew what he was doing. You don't just put clorox in a goldfish bowl out of nowhere, you do it because your intent is to poison the fish. You know what I mean? So, you're, he, he's, he seems to be inflicting harm very early in his life. Yeah, um, yeah. Todd also destroyed a newly remodeled bathroom with a hammer, and re-t- routinely wrecked his—I almost said retunly.
0: <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. wrecked yes.
1: his family's possessions, including children's projects, models, and a stereo that had been a gift. This guy is just a danger very early in his life.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that it's very hard as a parent, to know the line of, like, do I seek help for this? Totally. Because oh, my God. I imagine yeah. as a parent, too, and granted, I'm not one, as we've said, but, like, there can be a little bit of embarrassment of having to do that, maybe, mm-hmm. because, you know, you want to think that you're able to kind of parent the kid out of this sure. bad behavior. But, you know, sometimes, and we've talked about this, even with Ed Kemper and stuff like this, like, their they're, nature and nurture both play a part.
1: For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, let's take a second and say, like, if you're a parent and there's something going on with your kid, don't be ashamed to get help or get resources. I mean, one of the things I feel like I've learned from this show and our previous show, Darren, is that our resources for mental health and behavioral health has exponentially um, blown up in the last couple decades. I mean, yeah. we, we've done so many shows from the 70s Or 60s or even earlier than that, that just there are things there that you're like, wow, like it's almost like our society wouldn't even think to go down that path. You know what I mean? So anyway, just a thought for any parents listening who might have behavioral issues. But Todd's father once told a probation officer that the only emotion his son was capable of was anger. Todd report Jeez. I know Todd reportedly told his mother that he wanted to live with his father and quote if he must kill her to get there then that was what he was going to do okay well yeah, it's one that's, thing a, to... that's a
0: little bit of a red flag a that's an a
1: ultimatum that isn't appropriate <laughs> yes inappropriate uh. ultimatums happening here Well, according to a juvenile probation officer's report, Todd was referred to the Behavior Evaluation Center at the Georgia Mental Health Institute around the age of eight. This was in part due to his mother's inability to enforce limits and guidelines on her son and due to his behavioral problems in school. And while in the facility, it was reported that Todd appeared preoccupied with sex during his early psychological evaluations, though that actually decreased with time, which is not something you usually expect to hear.
0: And especially in younger people, it's hard to say. I mean, granted, you know, locking kids up, that shit's not like on the normal spectrum of whatever normal behavior is. But hormones can play a huge part in a lot of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. uh, You know, that's something to consider. It's not just... Um, this this kid's a whack job or something like that. It could be like, purely like hormones and thinking about sex. Yeah. You know, and that he can't really help that.
1: Absolutely. And Todd was described as intelligent during evaluations, though he had low motivation, poor self-esteem, and antisocial personality characteristics. And reports even mm-hmm. mentioned threats of suicide and even experiencing a hallucinatory episode. So one of the things that's very clear early on in this episode today is that He has a very serious mental illness happening here. If you're hallucinating or you're having antisocial personality characteristics, this is all adding up. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. But frankly, Darren, like how many of these types of episodes have we done over the years? It's like I feel like I am kind of an expert. I can identify when something crazy like that's going on. You know what I mean? No, I
0: Absolutely, endless and poor self-esteem, like, that could really affect somebody in a lot of ways. And oh, boy, it's, it's, yes. You know? Well, in 1982, Todd's mother and stepfather experienced marital difficulties and separated. So, you know, Todd's about 11 at this time. Todd, now, he was actually 12, was sent to live with his father for the summer while they worked on their relationship. And after the summer, hmm. Todd returned home to his mother but threatened to kill himself if not allowed to go back to living with his dad. So, well, can I? clearly, oh, yeah, go ahead. something's up with the mother.
1: I he was just gonna like say the there's something with the mom for sure, but also how do you feel about them sending him he was sent to live with his father for the summer while they worked on their relationship. So like that kind of feels weird too. It's kind of like telling the kid, hey, you're you're part of the problem here. go away. we need to fix something without you being a big part of this uh, scenario with the mother I'm Actually, talking about.
0: The way that I took it was that clearly, because there are signs that he wanted to, because he was starting to kill his mother and he wanted to obviously with his father, while Mm -hmm. they worked on the relationship, put the kid where he feels most comfortable...
1: That's fair. Sure. That makes sense.
0: So I don't, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not also a product of divorced parents, so I can't say what would have been good or bad, but there's also that thought process that just maybe it was like this kid's maybe feels a little unstable. So let's give him some stability as much as possible and hopefully we can work it out. But yeah, I like that. There's a lot we kind of don't know. Um, well, his parents agreed, and Todd was actually sent to live with his father for the school year, where he worked as a dishwasher at his father's restaurant, uh, worked at Burger King, and did some landscaping work. So, okay, it's giving him a little bit more purpose now. I was just
1: going to say however, purpose, Yeah.
0: Yeah, however, his relationship with his dad deteriorated as Todd claimed his father was often too busy with his numerous girlfriends to spend time with his son. So Todd began to express the desire to go home to his mother. However, she found various excuses to delay his return. So to me, how it's starting off is that Todd is not wanted. He's not wanted by his father. That's what I'm saying. He's not wanted by his mother.
1: And maybe that is to do with the behavioral, behavioral problems he's having, but... I don't know. I just think about kids in the way, you know, maybe it's since I'm getting older, my best friends have a kid. Darren, I know your best friends also just had a kid recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm just more in tune with like what kids need. And even if it's not meant to be this way, it's kind of like pushing the kid away and saying, hey, we don't need you here. or We don't want you here subconsciously or or consciously it's kind of sending the wrong kind of message you know what i'm trying to say It's abandonment
0: it no absolutely it's an abandonment thing and that's that's literally what therapists get paid to kind of uncover here and
1: yeah in
0: later interviews todd's mother regina shared her belief that todd quote wanted her all to himself and was actively trying to ruin her marriage to his stepfather On November twenty fifth, 1986, at the age of 15, Todd lured a 14-year-old female neighbor out of her house under the pretense that her boyfriend was outside wanting to speak to her. After they'd left her home, Todd used his father's handgun to force her to walk to his house. Oh, God. And when they arrived at the house, Todd restrained the girl with duct tape and raped her. Now, he's... He's only 15 at this time. Not that this would make sense when he was 17, but this is also a very young age to commit this. Can I ask you a quick
1: question? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Obviously, that's a very disturbing, serious detail that you just mentioned, but did you see the video clip recently on social media of the Southwest Airlines people duct-taping that guy to his airline seat because he was being, like, rowdy? (laughs)
0: I mean I'm he was like, being like absurdly rowdy like to some no, extent. No for sure. I almost don't blame those people for no, doing I get, that because you know, he seemed I violent but but you know it but obviously those people are under investigation but like that guy he that guy was also screaming my parents are worth 2 million dollars which is hilarious because you're flying Frontier Airlines or whatever, it like that's what's so yeah. f- right. Like that's what's so funny. And not that a no shade on doing that. I fly Frontier and I fly economy, yeah, but I'm also not say, screaming yeah. that my parents are worth two million dollars. Two million dollars, like that's. That's what's hilarious. It was
1: just like, it went from, I don't know if the clip I saw was edited, but it went from him like screaming about that. And then the next cut was just him completely duct taped. Big duct taped. Yeah. And and, like, it is funny, but then you also have to think like, yeah, like what if there was an emergency and he had to get evacuated from that air, from the airplane? Like he's duct taped. Oh, there's... There's tons
0: of safety issues here. Now, I don't know if that happened after they landed or what. Right, yeah, I don't know. I think we can laugh at maybe the moment of this kind of happening, but I think on both sides it's scary. Uh, For sure, Yes, of of course. And Well, back to the case. When asked Mm -hmm. about the crime by a probation officer, Todd stated he wasn't sure why he raped the girl and that it may have been an act of rebellion because his father was out of town. And, you know, I could already see this kind of playing out as... You know he wants to be like his dad, and now the dad goes off with women, so that kills the relationship. His yeah. he blames his mother for the relationship not working out with his with his father, and so he probably just hates women, hates women, and so it sounds
1: like it, doesn't it?
0: It sounds like it. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it could go there. Right now, Todd also mentioned that he was upset with the girl because she had a crush on one of his friends, but was only interested in uh, okay. friendship with Todd. So this, so
1: this he got could friend be, zoned.
0: He got friend zoned, again, not a good thing. Another, another, you know, bitch of a woman not giving him what he wants here, right? Like, and thinking of what he's saying in his mind, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, me, yeah. obviously.
1: <laughs> Just to be clear, those are not daring I'm not speaking thoughts. from personal experience yeah, yeah. or
0: anything. Well, although Todd threatened to kill the girl's younger brother and sister if she ever told Ugh. anyone about the rape, the authorities were notified of the incident and arrived at the call-up home to find Todd with a rifle pointed at the ceiling oh and his God. first words to police were quote how much time am I going to get for this
1: oh Jesus
0: which is a very aware thing for a 15 year old to say yeah um, I'm very happy that uh, the that the authorities were reported here um, as opposed to the girl yeah. keeping it kind of under wraps now on March 27 1987 Todd was given a psychological evaluation where he described his attitude toward himself as negative repeatedly asking quote why do I do things like this and expressing feelings of regret for hurting people. Hmm. In, in October of that same year of 1987, he was charged with kidnapping his neighbor. He pled guilty what? and was sentenced to 15 years in prison and was registered as a sex offender. Jeez. It could have been, you know, a number of different charges here. We don't know why it was just the uh, the kidnapping. But at least on this side, a little bit of the Ed Kemper thing here. Just I was saying. just thinking
1: that, yeah. like You know,
0: th- there... You see another maybe light side to this person, that at least he has self-awareness to recognize what he did was wrong.
1: Yeah, there's remorse. There's right. a sort of... Um,
0: a questioning I think, of oneself, of yeah, not understanding I was, this, maybe. Yeah,
1: I was trying to think of the psychological term there. And but also
0: not manipulating out of the situation, like because right. clearly he knows he did something wrong to be like... I got time for this. He didn't run away, nor did he lie about it. Now, I'm not saying, like, good for him. He deserves a gold medal, but it's a right. different type of psychology here.
1: No, I agree completely. Seen. Darren, really quick before we go on. There's a lot of rustling, but it might just be your phone or something. I just want to make sure it's not the mic. I,
0: it's, just the, it's just the phone mic. I'm <clears> okay, that's why I thought. Yeah, yeah. Cool, sorry no about worries.
1: that. No, you're good. Um, let me just do an edit there. Okay. By the way, you don't know. I'll edit this out, too, but... Um, I, I was taking a drink in the middle of one of your things, and I started choking really bad. Oh, my God. And you muted the and phone. And I, I, I muted the phone. I heard phone. you mute at
0: one point, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing?
1: Yeah, I had, I yeah. muted the phone. Um, All good. I'm going to have to cut that out and like hear what it sounds like. It's probably ridiculous. I'll send it to you afterwards. But You're a ridiculous person. I'm a fine. ridiculous guy. All right, let's start the next one. Edit. Okay. Well, during his 14 years in prison, and by the way, so he's he's charged and convicted of this, uh, as a 15 year old, is that I'm trying to make sure I got the math right here. That's yeah. Crazy. He's
0: about 16 when he's convicted because he was born in 71. Wow. This is October of 1987. So yeah, he's unless he didn't have his birthday yet, but I I believe yeah, he did. Sure, so he's whatever. like you know 16, a young guy. A young that's guy. pretty
1: young, especially to be you know. No, he did because he was
0: born in March. So yeah, he was 16.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, as I said, during his 14 years in prison, Todd graduated from Central Arizona College with a bachelor's degree in computer science.
0: Hey, that's an accomplishment.
1: Yeah, definitely. Todd was released from prison in August 2001, and in January 2002, he began working as a graphic designer for a Seven Sons & Company located in uh, Spartansburg County, South Carolina.
0: Also, I'm very impressed that he could get a job I doing that, that because yeah. a lot of convicted uh, you know people I'm, who've served time have yeah. a very hard time getting a job which isn't good because they've sort of paid their debt to society and you'd like to I think agree, that they yeah. could kind of remake themselves so in, a, in I don't know where the story is going I'm just saying it's good that he mm-hmm. could get a job
1: no I agree with you On November 6, 2004, now a few years later, four people were found dead after a shooting at Superbike Motorsports in the same county. Mm. The bodies of Scott Ponder, Beverly Guy, Brian Lucas, and Chris Sherbert were discovered by a customer. That's disturbing. I mean, imagine, like, you know, finding that. Well, a couple of years later, uh, March 25th, 2006, Todd received a private pilot's license. And then in May of that year, just a couple months later, he applied to take the South Carolina real estate exam and was required to explain his 20 year old kidnapping conviction in Arizona.
0: I imagine.
1: That's how that goes. Like, of course, you know, listen, people who've served time absolutely deserve to have a job. They should be working, you yeah, know... Yeah, they should
0: have a chance to... And once members. you serve your debt society, you should yeah. be able to be, you know, reinstituted back in. And I think that's a hard thing a for a lot of people because, like, the world doesn't... They they. I, I, I've I read things before, especially about people from the Innocence Project, about yeah. feeling like the world wasn't for them anymore. If you've ever seen Shawshank yeah. Redemption, it's kind of what happened to um, Brooks, uh, who kills yeah. himself. And then Red was kind of going through that same thing. Just to pop culture reference for you but that that is a that is a common theme uh, of yeah
1: i love the way you put that like reinstitute them into society that's the perfect way to put it and they should however of course when you're applying for a pilot's license yeah there will be certain levels of vetting that are expected
0: a kidnapping charge. But for yes. sure. Right.
1: Yes. That's a great that's a great point. Well, Todd was granted the license about 3 weeks after applying and opened TKA Real Estate, which he operated out of his home. Now, I think that also shows he's very entrepreneurial in a sense. He's he's out here trying to make a life for himself. That's that's something. Yeah. Well, fast forward to May 2014, Todd purchased a 95-acre plot of land near Woodruff, South Carolina. So after, so he buys this plot of land. A couple years later, August 29, 2016, Claudia Shifflett was texting her son, Charles Carver, and she recalls receiving a one-word answer to a text message, which was the last communication she would ever have with her son. Now, a few days later, Kayla Brown, who was Charles Carver's girlfriend, spoke to her friend Leah Miller on the phone, telling her that she was in Greenville driving home. Well, at 6.06 a.m. the next day, August 31st, basically hours later, Leah received a text from Kayla reading... Are you awake? Leah answered the message a few hours later, but never got a response. A few days later from that, September 3rd, Claudia Shifflett had filed a missing persons report on her son, Charles Carver, telling the police she hadn't heard from him in a few days and was a- unable to reach his girlfriend, Kayla Brown. Okay, so we're going to connect all these dots in a second. But just to recap, we have Kayla and Charles, who are now basically missing right, and are not responding to... Uh, their friends and family reaching out to them. Um, Authorities investigated the uh, the Charles's apartment. The building manager told Claudia that it appeared nobody had been home in a while. On September 5th, Leah Miller filed a missing police. I'm sorry, missing persons report for Kayla Brown telling police she hadn't heard from her friend in several days, but that Kayla's car was parked in front of her apartment complex. So when authorities investigated her apartment, they found Kayla's dog, Romeo, Home without any food, which is of course heartbreaking in and of itself. So lots of little details here, but essentially, to a, a young couple has gone missing.
0: Right, and her friend, Kayla's he friend, Leah is kind of uncovering this and reporting it as it happens. Now. Right. Throughout September and early October, strange posts began to appear on Charles' Facebook page, including posts stating that he and Kayla had gotten married and were fine. Both Charles and Kayla's families believed the post to be fake as they had appeared after weeks of silence. Now, is it possible? Uh. Sure, but it's also very easy to kind of create a post like that and for it to be fake, as we see on Facebook now all over the the place. Well, that's true,
1: But, but it also makes me wonder, like, Who's doing that if it's from their personal Facebook accounts or wherever it's being posted like and imagine, by the way, feeling like the family, like you're looking for these two people who are missing, hoping they're still alive. And then right. suddenly they're posting on Facebook. I mean, that, that would haunt married. me. Yeah, that right. they're married, but no less. Yeah.
0: But maybe there's a little hope there. And on November 3rd, right. Spartanburg County investigators were on Todd's 95 acre property when they heard a loud banging sound. Investigators followed the sound and found Kayla locked in oh a metal god. container, chained by her neck and ankles. She had been kept in this container for two months.
1: Oh my god! Wait a minute. I think I saw the video of this. I saw this on TikTok, really? Darren. Remember, you used to hate you used to hate on me about TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I I remember seeing like a um, body cam footage of police officers opening a giant metal container in the woods, and a woman was locked with her neck and ankles I guess this was uh-huh. her oh my god that keep going. feels
0: also wrong to just be doing I don't know that feels know. wrong to, like just
1: yeah I know in a,
0: in a later interview sheriff Chuck Wright described the discovery of the cage stating quote it was like a shark cage that you would put underwater she was bound there's oh a god. chain from the top of the cage to something else that went around her neck she was distraught panicked not to be um not to like bring this back to something that isn't real but have you ever seen the Saw movies
1: uh no. I will never see the Saw movies. Those things would freak me. I would never This recover. is
0: something that you'd see in those movies. Ugh, oh like my God. I'm pretty confident I've seen something very similar to this. For any of you listeners Ugh. that have seen Saw, let me know if you think I'm right about this. Let but,
1: Darren know and don't let me know.
0: <laughs> well Kayla was taken to a hospital where she mm. received treatment and survived. Thank God. Leah Miller confirmed with investigators that Kayla had worked for Todd before her disappearance. Kayla had cleaned mm. houses and had found steady work cleaning Todd's properties before he offered them for rent. Now, according to Claudia, who's, you know, Kayla's mom. Oh, sorry, Charles's mom, excuse me. According to Claudia, Charles and Kayla drove down to the property to talk to Todd about cleaning up some property Quote, It ended up being a trap, stated Claudia, who went on to describe how upon arrival, Kayla and Charles knocked on the door of a two-story garage, the door opened, and Charles was immediately shot.
1: Oh my God.
0: I'm confused that Claudia would know.
1: Well, maybe this is like post, you know, Right. This is Kayla describing what
0: happened. Right. Now, Kayla's friend Dan Heron also obtained more details of her ordeal, which he later recounted in an interview with CBS News, said, quote, she goes, I was locked up in this metal container. He had chains around my neck and I was in the dark almost the entire time. I cannot even. Heron continued, quote, Todd would take her out of there from time to time to her literally just kind of walk around, see some daylight. Heron also noted that Ugh. Kayla was fed once a day, but that escape from Todd was impossible. Quote, her words were, and then Todd dragged me over to somewhere on the property where he showed me three graves that had to be or that appeared to be people buried in them.
1: Oh, God.
0: Todd told Kayla quote if you try to escape you're going directly into one of those graves and Sheriff Wright spoke to Kayla who told him that as many as four bodies may be on Todd's land.
1: Well now we know what
0: he was kind of up to over those years but I cannot imagine Kayla's fear in all of this. I mean obviously you know my heart breaks for Claudia. Charles was shot. Of course. You know uh, clearly he has something to do with women. I think that that's kind of the thing. That seems to be the theme here but I can't imagine the terror just the terror. I know
1: and then to you know the think like oh I should try to escape but if I do I may be buried alive like yeah that's I, a whole I, other thing
0: I honestly like I'm not sure what I would do I would want to fight for my life but if, if you think that you're gonna die I know then I I would do what they say probably I hate yeah to
1: say it. I know it's hard to imagine how you would think in in that exact moment well, authorities began to search the property and found several suspicious items, including two BMWs. At that you have point, a BMW. Don't I you, do. Yes, yep. I hope it yep. wasn't my car. I did buy it used, so
0: it was electric though, and I feel like that wasn't around then.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know. Um, at that point, investigators then began trying to determine whether they were dealing with a serial killer on november 4th heavy equipment was brought to todd's property and cadaver dogs were sent to investigate several areas where kayla had been held captive a body was discovered around 10 a.m that day and although investigators hadn't called them charles family went to the scene i guess words started spreading charles's brother nathan stated quote i felt led to be there for my brother end quote that's gave me chills well on november 5th authorities found charles body in a shallow grave on todd's property todd Mm. immediately implicated himself in the murder as well as the 13 year old unsolved unsolved quadruple homicide at that superbike motorsports which we had just mentioned a few uh, minutes ago so todd's cooperation with authorities was contingent on several requests he asked police to take a special picture to his mother and asked that he be allowed to transfer some money to help a friend's daughter pay for college, for college which authorities agreed. Okay. So, this is weird. Okay, the mother thing, we can analyze that all we want. There's something going on there. But then to also help a friend's daughter pay for college, like... You're a, you're a serial killer and you want your friend's daughter to go to college? That's well, hard to a believe. Little,
0: remember when we talk about Israel Keys and about how we just go around the country killing so yeah. many people, but then he'd like go home and be a loving father?
1: That's true. You're right.
0: You know, it, it, it's really about having that secret life, that secret mm, thing that kind of keeps point. the excitement about it.
1: Good point. Well, at this point, authorities now suspected Todd in the death of as many as seven people. Todd seemed eager to assist investigators in the search. On November 5th, he was seen walking the property with authorities, leading them to where he claimed two other bodies were buried. On November 6th, Todd was officially charged with four counts of murder. The charges were in connection with the four deaths at that Superbike Motorsports 13 years prior. The same day, investigators located a second body on the property. On November 7th, the search turned up a third body, and the search began to branch out to other properties that uh, that were owned by Todd. On November 8th, the bodies of Megan Coxey and her husband Johnny Coxey were unearthed on a separate property. They were believed to have been killed sometime Mm -hmm. in late 2015. Megan and Johnny were known panhandlers who had both gotten out of jail about a week before their murders. The Coxeys' bodies were already in a state of decomposition and not fully intact, but were able to be identified by the coroner through their extensive tattoos. Jeez. You have to start thinking too, it's like, you know, we're gonna get into some more details here, but it's like what is the motive behind all of this?
0: I yeah, I'm I'm just like it's just interesting that he owned all these properties and had all mm. these acres and you know, like that's it's almost the perfect plan in a really weird way. I'm curious what his yeah. parents think.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: well, on February 27th, 2017, so not too long ago, Todd Kolop was indicted by a Spartanburg County grand jury on 14 charges, wow. including seven counts of murder, multiple weapons charges and kidnapping. He was also charged with sexually assaulting Kayla Brown and holding at least one other woman captive before her. On April 23rd, 2017, Todd's mother, Regina Tag, was found deceased in her home, after a long illness. And Hmm. on April 24th, authorities announced that there were no plans to let Todd see his mother's body before the funeral service or to allow him to attend the funeral. I wonder what that was like for him. I was
1: just going to say, I wonder what's going through his head there.
0: And I'm curious if that was like like he doesn't get the closure. Like I wonder yeah. if, you know, how Ed Kemper yeah. always talked about wanting to see his mother dead. I wonder right. if that, you know. Well, on May 26th, 2017, Todd was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences plus 60 years. He's not long getting time. out. And yeah, yeah that's that's he's not long getting time. out anytime soon. In August of 2018, Todd informed authorities that he is responsible for at least two more deaths, stating that his two additional victims were buried near Interstate 26 in Spartanburg <sighs> County in the northwest part of the state. Now, authorities were unable to confirm this assertion and Todd has yet to provide more details. I'm a little 50-50 on this because at one point, one part of me is like, okay, this is a little bit of him recognizing that he did something wrong and wanting to kind of seek justice for families. But on the other side of it, is this another like, Zodiac killer plot mm-hmm. just to confuse everyone and then make other people wonder for the rest of their lives if they were a Todd victim or not. And he just he has the control over all the answers. You know That's what I mean?
1: That's a great point because there's definitely an egomania going on with him for sure. Also, I immediately was like, did he just give up on you know any kind of appeal? You know, was the was his appeal? Were his appeals? Uh, expired and so he's like "All right, I'll finally give you these details like all these years later
0: right exactly so it just doesn't feel satisfying especially because he's not able to provide details but in August of 2020 so a year ago items belonging (laughs) to Todd Kolop were sold at an online auction to raise money in support of his victims families Mm. yeah it feels weird now the items auctioned off included books artwork tools a gun safe and an ATV good Todd Kolop is currently serving his consecutive life sentences at the Broad River Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. This is, yeah. At first, when I heard this, I was like, you know, I was like, who's buying a serial killer's like, (laughs) you know, how like Manson was selling artwork and, you know, people selling art. But then I realized, okay, it's an online auction of his like yard sale, essentially, if you will. Yeah, exactly. um, In order to help raise money, which I think is very, very important. But a super disturbing case. And, I'd like to think in some sort of way. Again, nature and nurture are very hard to say, but I don't know. I wonder if this could have ever been prevented.
1: I know. And the nature nurture thing is something like we've talked about so much, you and I, over the years across multiple different conversations. Mm -hmm. And this one definitely kind of feels like a nature thing. You know what I mean? Like that's very early to show those kinds of signs of uh, intense, you know, infliction of pain on other living things but again exactly. it kind of it goes back to me too like what is the motive like obviously there was sexual assault so maybe that was part of it um it's hard to say but you know and then you look at the cooperation with him i don't know it's a long it's a really weird one you guys are gonna have to let us know listening what you think about this week's show let us know on Jay thrasher carpe darren you can hit us up in a facebook group on patreon the good thing about darren and i is we're basically everywhere
0: That's Um, the good news about us. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, let's get into some listener shout outs to round out some happier moments on the show today. Darren, Ashley in our Facebook group is having dreams about you. She says she says so I totally had a dream about Darren last night. I was working at my new TV show and I wanted to interview Darren for my show. It's unclear, by the way, if that's a TV show in her dream or if it's in real life. Right. We'll find like, out. If
0: it's in real life, like I Like, know. invite okay. her over.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like she invite, says, yeah. I invited her and never dreamed she would show up. I almost had a heart attack when I saw her on set. We had so much fun drinking margaritas and taking shots of tequila and talking about all kinds of fun topics. I was super sad when I woke up in the morning and it wasn't real. So, Darren.
0: Ashley, <laughs> if you aren't part of our Patreon... At least uh-huh. join it so that way we can do our live streams. I was just gonna and say actually that actually take shots of tequila, Ashley. And I don't know games. if you are a patron, but we can play games. I yeah. will come on your show. You can ask me whatever you want. We will have fun drinking margaritas and taking shots of tequila. Mm. I will make John take a shot of tequila. That's Ashley, fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind. We can we can convince John to do almost. Anything. That's how shameless this podcast is. The great
1: thing about this podcast is we will literally make your dreams come true. That's one thing we can do.
0: Shameless and disturbed, one might say. We are shameless. But our friend Travis had some feedback about our last episode regarding the disappearance of Lauren Spearier. And he said, dear mom and dad. Thanks for doing a show on Lauren. I went to college at Indiana University where this happened about seven years after I was there. It was interesting hearing the details. I remember hearing parts of the story but didn't know the whole thing. I remember spending plenty of time out on the patio at Kilroy Sports Bar and was and that was mentioned. It was such a different experience hearing about places where I'd actually splint, spent plenty of time at previous to the story. Keep up the great work. You're a sussy, sus fan.
1: That's amazing. Thanks, Travis. I always think about... You know we do these shows and these are like and they're all from random parts of usually the united states and i'm always like is there somebody listening from nearby that would know details and sure enough our friend travis who has been a very vocal contributor to our facebook group and patreon and things like that uh was right near his um his college experience. So that's it does, incredible. No,
0: and I and I wrote to you on Travis, I believe, at least on Facebook, and I was like, that has to be so eerie, and yeah. like in a lot of ways, like to kind of know what we're talking about, literally specifically. There was a murder that I think happened in my hometown, a real tragic one. I might not be remembering it correctly. I got to ask my parents about it, but it kind of made me want to look it up.
1: Mm-hmm. because
0: I know exactly the places that they were talking about cuz it was yeah. in my hometown. So, I'm going to look it up and see if I can get some information in order to do a case on it. You kind of inspired a, me a little bit, Travis.
1: That's a good one. Yeah, let us let's do it. Um Yeah. By the way, guys, as always, get even more Shaken and Disturbed on our Patreon account. Behind the scenes, pics, videos, bonus episodes are all available as low as $5 a month. And you can get 15% off of that if you subscribe annually. Your support is keeping our show going. So thank you so much if you're already, um, you know, if you're already subscribed as a Patreon supporter. Mom and dad love you. So thank you for that.
0: We absolutely do. And for some reason, if you're not, if you have a second and you haven't yet, if you are a patron, if you're not, Please, please, please just take two seconds to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps. That could be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, somewhere else. Your five-star rating and glowing review of How Much You Love Us (laughs) will honestly really help us get discovered and go a very long way. Yeah, Longer than you think. And trust me, I know it's one of those things where it's like, eh, yeah, I could do it. I don't want to do it. We are begging you to do it. If you've already done it, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. It definitely doesn't go unnoticed. We check these things all the time. And honestly, just... Please, if you, if you could find the kindness of your heart, uh, that would be awesome. And, and obviously, we want to end the show by just thanking Megan for all her yeah. hard work behind the scenes in the show. Megan, we love you. We want you to come back on. We know the fans want to hear from you. Let's try and get her on, you know, next episode because yeah. I miss her. And I, 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 she hasn't asked me to be the Hamburglar in a while, but I feel like <laughs> she wants me to be.
1: I imagine that she would like you to be. And who knows? Okay. You know, Megan does the um, Rocky Horror Picture Show in New York City. Like, she's like the director of it. So she may be calling you up for a casting spot there, Darren. It'd gotta, just, be nice. The It'd just be nice to be the hamburger. it just
0: hamburger. be nice to be yeah. considered. You know what I mean? That's right.
1: Nice to be considered. <laughs> I'm
0: not asking for a spot over anyone else, John. I'm just asking to let me try out.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, yeah. thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode. We'll see you next time.
0: Stay sussy. Bye. Bye.